practicing abundance in Colorado. Now, it may seem strange, even inappropriate, to talk about something like abundance these days, given the challenges that we're living through of inflation, high fuel prices, and arguably a political environment that some people think is what the 1970s must have been all about. But in fact, I have been practicing abundance here in Colorado. I'm going to tell you about it in podcast 1060, the Bob Davis podcasts. You're going to hear me talking about abundance in this podcast. And one of the sources of abundance on the road is community. And I want to mention real quick, uh, in the Love's parking lot in Pueblo, I had the opportunity to meet some great people. One of them was good guy Flores, Rudy Flores, who was, uh, he's in the process of deciding uh, how he's going to nomad, whether it's in his car or whatever. And he's been all over the place as well. Used to be a truck driver. And we had a great talk. And and, uh, it was great to talk to Rudy uh, or good guy Flores. He, you friended me on, or you, oh, he liked my page on Facebook, and so I can't friend you back because it's just a page like, uh, dude. So I appreciate your, I do appreciate uh, the friendship, and it was just another example of how you know there's this abundant community in the nomad world that you you pull into a truck stop, and the next thing you know you're having a convention. So thanks again. It was great to meet you as well as all the other guys that uh, that were hanging out at that point. I got some people who have made donations to thank uh, Wayne Nelson, 25 bucks. Really appreciate it. Dave Forbes, who I've worked with uh, and who is currently uh, working at Delta and also doing some financial stuff, sent me 200 bucks. Dave, I really appreciate it. And if there's anything I can do, let me know uh, for what you guys are doing. And it's great hearing your stories and seeing your posts about the airline business in uh, on, on Facebook and LinkedIn in particular. And of course, thanks to all the people that are on the monthly uh, donation schedule, Mindy Collins and Todd Myers, who also just uh, in a way downsized, uh, bought a huge property uh, down near Houston, 10 acres uh, way back in the woods. And so they've sort of also simplified. And he is just, he was telling me the other day, I'm just sitting on the steps, uh, just trying to get used to having 10 acres of pine. I mean, it's such a great a great thing and thanks Todd for uh, your help and donations and friendship so if you want to make a donation to the Bob Davis podcast uh, if you like the content you want to support what I'm doing support the podcast and support mobile podcast command all you have to do is go to the Bob Davis podcast.com down the right side of the page you'll see a picture of mobile podcast command which is a big red ambulance you just click on uh, the donate button underneath the picture of mobile podcast command that takes you to the paypal window that is how i do it and thanks again for your donations if you want to help also without spending any money just subscribe to the bob davis podcast on itunes or visit the bob davis podcast.com with the streaming audio and all the podcasts and blogs are right there for you so i'm sitting on the front porch of my friend's house in fort collins beautiful house and i am house sitting for three or four days just happen to come over here to see some friends and uh, they were like, we're taking off for three or four days going to New York. Could you hang out at the house? So uh, I'm really enjoying the abundance of this house and the front porch and the deck and all the places, the places I can sit and and, uh, and, the, and the coffee. <laughs> so yeah, I've been practicing abundance here in Colorado. So I'm gonna start with the word abundance because I think it's important to define abundance 
we've used that word gets used a lot in pop culture and especially in the last few years it has been used a lot this concept of abundance abundance is nothing more than having a large quantity of something anything it is the opposite of scarcity and with people freaking out about shortages which may or may not be happening, uh, higher prices. If you go to a refueling station, uh, you'll see that people are very tense getting fuel now uh, because of the price. They sit there and they watch the prices roll up that they've never seen before. And that's one place where you, you just feel the tension. And so, yeah, maybe I should be talking about scarcity. Maybe I should be doing a podcast about scarcity. But recently I've had some strange experiences with abundance, oddly enough. And I want to talk about it because I feel very abundant right now. How do you define abundance? I don't define abundance as having a lot of material goods. In fact, I would say that I define abundance, especially within the context of the nomad experience, as having or getting exactly what you need exactly when you need it and it seems crazy that that could happen but it does happen from time to time and and you know it when it happens you can feel it when it happens and it usually happens almost without effort and so then the idea of sort of having that experience as long as you can have it uh, is a great thing we nomads really can't carry a great deal of consumer goods anyway. TVs, clothes, art, cash, shoes, tools, toys, to name a few. The more stuff we have as nomads, the more headaches, actually. And I can give you lots of examples of that. And I have often talked about the segmentation of the nomad world. There are the people who get into it with a lot of resources. They have real big RVs, and the RVs are big houses, basically, on wheels. And so they're able to bring the nightmare to the dream. They're able to bring all of their toys and things that they have to the dream. And I'm not one to say that's wrong, or if this is what you want to do, that's what you want to do. But then there are other people who have figured out, uh, and I, I'm trying to be this, and I have met this, and this is a, a this is people who have you know a functional vehicle uh, a van or or some kind of uh, rv it's clean it's organized it's it may be old it may even be threadbare but it runs the tires are good uh and when you go inside or when you look at their rig there's really not that much stuff in there it's just the essentials there's a cooler or there's a you know a cooler type refrigerator uh there are there's a good battery system there's so so all of the 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 abundance is focused on the actual tools of uh, being a nomad so those are the people that i kind of admire because you don't have a lot of material goods you don't have a lot of clothes because you can't carry it all so we have learned that the simpler the more austere even the better and therefore the more abundant because you're not paying to service you're not paying to store you're not paying to do all these things and as a nomad i would say regardless of your you know the the condition of your rig or whether or not you have a lot of crap or you don't 
we are abundant in time and space. I have an abundance of time and an abundance of space. And it's something, this feeling of an abundance of time and space is something I really haven't felt since I was uh, a kid in the summer when they let you out of school. Remember the feeling of the last day of, um, of school. And you know, if you're in high school, obviously most people, you know, remember their high school career and they remember the last day of school when they graduated but I remember the last day of school in fifth grade or seventh grade or you know uh, sort of as interim uh, grades when you knew you were going to have to go back to school in the fall and you had this summer that was going to stretch ahead of you being young it, it felt like a million years I mean the idea of not having to go to school from June 8th or 9th something like that right about this time of the year to after Labor Day was just a wonderful feeling. And I haven't felt that feeling until I started nomading and realizing it takes a while to realize I am abundant in time and space. And so affirming that gives you more and more of this time and space. And that's how you get it. You start by affirming and being grateful for what you have. It also requires uh, observance, your orientation, and making decisions to fit those orientations. A good example would have been the fact that I decided uh, when gas prices started to go up that I was going to travel low and slow, which meant shorter distances, 100 miles or 150 miles, and longer stays. And even without making the effort, that is happening. So I came up here to Fort Collins to just have a visit, and now I'm going to stay here for, you know, uh, I think uh, till the end of this week, which will be into the 4th of July weekend. So that gives me basically the rest of June to kind of uh, eat and sleep and be comfortable and just kind of uh, reorganize the truck and some do, and do some other things because I have this current situation of abundance. And we'll talk more about that in the second half of this podcast. I'm very grateful for great sponsors to the Bob Davis Podcast over the years. One of them is Ryan Plumbing and Heating of St. Paul for home or business because you have lots of systems in your complex and expensive house. And when <laughs> when they go bad, you got to get them fixed. And it, it takes a lot to keep systems running right at home or in your business. So when you have plumbing or heating problems or air conditioning problems, you want reliable service. That means Ryan Plumbing and Heating in St. Paul, 651-224-4771 in Minneapolis, 612 they go back four generations in St. Paul. In fact, they've been in business for 70 years at that same location. Quality replacement and repair of all plumbing, heating, and air conditioning systems, residential and business. Ryan Plumbing and Heating in St. Paul. Click on the banner at the top of the page at thebobdavispodcast.com or visit them at ryanplumbing.com. The truth, though, is that most people think abundance means having a lot of money. A lot of money. Money to buy second and third homes. Money for uh, really cool antique cars. Uh, money for the boat that you always wanted. Money even to buy friends or lovers. Sumptuous trips, private jets, and so on. And you say when you hear about somebody winning the lottery, let's say, boy, wouldn't that be great because I'd have enough money to do this and that and everything else and maybe it would make us happy and maybe it wouldn't we don't know that that kind of abundance necessarily makes you happy since most of us are struggling right now the abundance of material wealth is probably not accessible 
But then I think, do I want that? I think a lot of conditions, uh, having money, uh, having the job that you always wanted, things like that, are uh, achievable because you want it. You, you, you are, if you will, perhaps you're kind of manifesting it eventually. And I've had that experience too, where you get the job that you always wanted and, and after a while you realize it may not be all it's cracked up to be. And then you have to make a change or you just say, okay, well, I have to adjust to that because this is what I'm doing. But the other thing is that this month in Colorado, I have had the time and space to go when and where I want. I mean, I always have that condition, but lately I've really, really felt it. Having a campfire to me feels extremely abundant. Uh, being able to make a great home-cooked meal on the campfire. And it doesn't have to be uh, gourmet. It doesn't. It can be a can of hash and some eggs. That The best meal I've had this week was literally I ran out of food way up in the mountains, and I uh, had uh, a fire, and I got my... Uh, iron cook pan out and I made uh, a can of hash with uh, some uh, onions and some uh, garlic and some other stuff and a couple of eggs and it was amazing. The thing that really caused me to think about this for a podcast is more than once I've, I've been sitting at the campsite and realizing I'm saying to myself you have a million dollar view. You have a view that people pay millions and millions of dollars for. Now, I'm in a beautiful house in the suburbs of Fort Collins. Fort Collins isn't really, it's not like Minneapolis or Boston or someplace like that. But it has a little suburban community, and this is a little suburban community, and the houses are nice, and the sky is beautiful, and the, and the trees and things and bushes that people have are beautiful. But I don't have a million-dollar view. I have a $300,000 view. Uh, if you want a million dollar view, then you have to spend a million dollars to get a house on top of a mountain somewhere, somewhere in Colorado. And I was thinking the other day, well, here I am on top of this mountain and I have this million dollar view. If I lived here, would I get sick of it? Now, I doubt that I would if I had that much money and I could afford a million dollar house on top of a mountain, would I get sick of it? But that led me to say, well, you know, tomorrow I'll be someplace else and I'll get to have that million dollar view. Now, I don't have a million dollar view every night. Sometimes it's in a parking lot somewhere, you know, a Cracker Barrel or Walmart or, a, you know, a truck stop. But even those places I, I am able to be grateful for because of what they represent or because I really enjoy being in a truck stop, let's say. These campsites that I've been able to get, often by accident, that just sort of appear, often make me think, is this real? Is, am I literally living in a construct? Do I have some control over my surroundings just in terms of um, uh, being able to manifest within this uh, construct that, uh, that we're living in? So... It's the million dollar views, it's community when I want it, and it is solitude when I want it. I don't like asking for things, but when you ask only for what you need, and when you expect the minimum, it's a lot to do with expectations as well, then what you have becomes abundant. And I'm going to qualify this by saying you got to have money for fuel. You know, you've got to have enough money to, to buy enough food of any variety uh, so that you can, you can be uh, full. Or you need to have the means to be able to get that food uh, from 
the wild or whatever you do. And you can be grateful for what you have. And again, I go back to, as a nomad, well, I can have a bunch of stuff, but I'd have to haul it around. So that wouldn't make me feel very abundant. And when you forget about all of that, so when you, when, when you forget to ask for the antique car and the million dollar house and so forth, your needs are met. And then you can be grateful for what you have and for getting your needs met. And I feel as though I'm in a state of abundance and when I can be in a state of abundance. And let me tell you, uh, I am not uh, the kind of person that takes setbacks easily. And I've talked a lot about them. This is uh, an interesting period of time because uh, about two weeks ago, roughly two weeks ago, I was doing some stuff in the truck in the morning and uh, fell and dislocated my shoulder. And it was pretty serious. I had to go to the doctor and have him put the shoulder back in. Uh, my friends were like, we can do it. And I was like, eh, I don't think that's a good idea. So I was, we had to drive 25 minutes to the doctor. It was very painful. And uh, the guy was like, well, I can put this back in, but it's going to be painful. And I said, well, let's do it because it's painful now anyway. So it just thunked back in. It didn't really hurt at all. And it was an immediate relief from the pain of having that dislocated shoulder. I, have, I, do, I usually don't injure myself. I've certainly cut myself. I've certainly fallen. Most of the time, it's not an issue at all. In this particular instance, it was very painful. And I mean, I knew I had to go to the doctor. And it was kind of funny how it happened. I won't say that I didn't take it very well, but I was pretty ticked off uh, that I was stupid enough to, to make this mistake. I slipped and fell in the truck. I, I have learned when something happens to go, okay, what, what kind of opportunity? is presenting itself here and is there a reason for this opportunity to present itself you know why this why this time instead of why me it's how come this happened here in this moment what does all that mean and ask those kinds of questions rather than you know this is just a waste of time and I, things keep breaking and uh, and on and on and that's why i did that podcast uh, it's always something because it literally is always something things are going to break and you're going to have to deal with it and as time goes on you begin to realize that and these become life lessons to a certain degree except when you're back in the world and you're living in this environment this this um this pressure cooker that people live in because they have to pay their mortgage and they have to have the job and they have to pay for the cars and they have to do this and they have to do that. They don't really feel free. And so that's how you start to get into this, this trough of feeling non-abundant, feeling a scarcity because you're worried about paying for this or paying for that. And as my mom used to say, it, it all will work out. And I hated hearing that. I used to tell her, stop saying that because the only way it's gonna work out is if you make it work out. You've gotta take charge of it and, and make it work out. Well, you know, that's true too. But being free is free of that worry. And that's why a lot of us are doing the nomad thing. And the context that I'm offering this stuff up in is in the ability to be rich in time and space and also to be rich in other things uh, in terms of getting what you need and having your needs met when you need them, when sometimes you don't even know it. Right now, the true freedom that, that, uh, that I think people seek without even knowing it is the ability to make that choice. We, we don't have to be nomads. Uh, we can make the choice without being 
uh, a nomad without taking an extreme step like that. You can make the choice to uh, free yourself. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with looking at everything and saying, do I need this fake flower? Do I need these plaques? Do I need uh, this huge house? Uh, why do I have it? You know, what are the reasons that I have these things? And if the reasons work, then they work. But sometimes uh, we have we have acquired all these things over the years. And, and when you think about the amount of energy that we put into these things, sooner or later, they're going to end up in a garbage can. I mean, that's just the truth. Sooner or later, the, the little urn with the flower in it is going to end up in a garage sale or it's going to end up in a garbage can somewhere. And some guy's going to find it at the dump and go, oh, look at this. And he's going to take it home and then he's going to have it, right? But you're not going to because you can't take any of this stuff with you. And that reality has been driven home to me uh, these days, uh, more often than not, with the number of people, you know, falling, dying in their sleep or uh, literally dropping dead. Um, you know, these are questions that come up. What is all this value? What is the value of all this? that we have we just have to be willing to make a choice that says hey i'm gonna finally make this choice that i'm divesting myself of this stuff because i'm not quite sure what value uh, it is to to anyone and then some people just decide they're gonna live their life in a prison because that's what it is a prison of our own making and i have done it and i have lived it and i don't intend to live it ever again because when you live in a prison where you have to pay for all this stuff and you have to have the job and you have to do things you don't want to do, more and more things you don't want to do, there's all sorts of things that you, we don't want to do. You don't have the abundance of time and space to think, to process, and decide. When you're in a situation where you have to do this, you have to do that, then everything gets compressed. And that is why back in the world, there's this tremendous feeling of pressure. And I don't think people back in the world see it. But when we as nomads come back into the world, we feel it. The older you get, you start to think, why do I have all this stuff? Because again, I can't repeat it enough because it, it happened to me when my mom died. And she was relatively, she had simplified greatly uh, in, in her later life. You know, she had all this stuff and things and things in boxes and boxes within boxes and books and things that we all have. The person goes on to the new adventure. The, the, the person that dies, don't grieve for the person that dies. They're on, they can, they go, and in my personal view, they then know everything that, that they needed to know. Their life's questions get answered. Uh, and they move on to a new challenge. And so it's an opening. It's a, it's a challenge. Death is a challenge. It's an opening to a new opportunity. Uh, the person moves on, or they're just gone, and they don't take anything with them. So there's this structure, a house, whatever, with all this stuff in it that somebody has to dispose of. You know, when I go, my son, as I've often told him, you know, just put everything in the truck and just shove it off a bridge, you know, <laughs> because, and the more I work on, on, on clearing and emptying and throwing away, the better it feels in there. So uh, I don't have hardly anything and I feel very wealthy and abundant because why? Because I can go when I want. I can go where I want. I can go how I want. I can see who I want. I can spend as much time as I want. 
And thanks to the Department of Agriculture and the Forest Service and the Bureau of Land Management and the Bureau of Reclamation and so forth, you know, some of these places I can stay for, you know, $5 a night or nothing. Bureau of Land Management is free. So it's a free stay depending on where you are. And I greatly appreciate the USDA. Uh, <laughs> uh, but of course, I have paid for it and you pay for it. We all pay for it with our tax dollars. So it's a it's a tremendous thing to be able to have the U.S. Park Service and the Forest Service and so forth. And thanks to being willing, and this is something that I had to work on to be part of a community, I get to experience this real great feeling of respect and community uh, in the nomad community and appreciation for uh, other people and what they do and how they do what they do. Or I get to go see friends and end up, you know, uh, house sitting at a beautiful house for a week or two. Or driving a hundred miles out of the way to see friends and end up doing the house sitting. Or as it was in the case of my son recently, uh, he was in uh, central Colorado, the eastern part of the state, and uh, he he said, you know, I can meet you in Pueblo. So that's where I went. So I basically sat in a, crack, crack, a Cracker Barrel parking lot for three days and or a Walmart or a truck stop and waited for him to show up. Got an oil change, did some other things I needed to do in Pueblo. And then we had a great time at the Cracker Barrel. And it, he's from New York and uh, he lives in New York and uh, you know how it is, the, the, the wonderful restaurants and things like that. And he goes, yeah, no, why can't we go downtown? Why don't we just go downtown? And I was like, you know what? Why don't we just go to the Cracker Barrel? It's gonna storm, blah, 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 blah. And, he, and it was funny because he was like, you know what, let's go to the Cracker Barrel. And he, and he was super excited to have the Cracker Barrel experience so he could go back to New York and tell all his friends, man, I had dinner in a Cracker Barrel, which I thought was hilarious. Again. It's changing a point of view that says, oh, I'm really ticked off because I didn't get to do Riverwalk or I didn't get to climb Pike's Peak or I didn't have that hike and I really wanted to have that hike or I didn't bring those hiking pants or I didn't buy the hiking boots or I didn't do this or I didn't do that versus saying, okay, let's have the Cracker Barrel experience and see what it's like and we'll have fun because the experience is the experience of us uh, as individuals w with each other. It's not the, the venue that we're in. I've certainly had wonderful sumptuous dinners in beautiful restaurants, and I don't have a problem having wonderful sumptuous dinners in a restaurant, but I don't have to, to feel abundant. And I think that's a huge lesson from, from doing what I'm doing as a nomad uh, for almost two years now that uh, that is so significant. I realized that when I travel, well, that's when I have something to talk about. And that has been so true. And it's not just the day-to-day -day experiences, it's the takeaways, like this question of abundance. So the, the thing I think to ask is what's important. And I, I mean, you heard me talking about uh, people who've died uh, and we have all as a country experienced a lot of death. It certainly wasn't what a lot of people thought it was going to be, but it's enough that almost everybody knows people who have died and they continue to die. And it isn't because of COVID. I, I don't know what's going on. People are just checking out. When you have that experience of people passing away that you know, then you start to ask yourself, what's really important in life? And I think that's a very useful and productive question as it pertains to abundance and gratitude you're you, you know what this i was buying a pair of boots new red wing boots in uh, pueblo and it was we had a great conversation we were just doing our thing and talking and everything and 
as I was checking out, I was talking about, somebody said something like, well, oh, we were trying to get a certain soul. And he goes, well, we can't get those right now. And I was like, yeah, and all these complaints about things that they can't get, blah, 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 blah. And the older guy behind the counter goes, yeah, but we're alive. And I said, you're absolutely right. We are alive. We have lived through it, and many have not. And we are living through it, and many have not. So this question of what's important is a question that we all have to answer individually. We're living in very difficult times. There's no question about it. And I think the great value of being a nomad in difficult times like this is that it widens my perspectives and horizons. And sometimes that experience is just too beautiful for words. Well, I have to say, after dislocating my shoulder, um, I am, I'm really uh, thinking that BU could probably help me out a lot. So what is BU Enterprises? I'm always talking about BU Enterprises. They use modern technology, so Zoom, FaceTime, and other types of uh, video conferencing to work with you individually or to work with your group. So whether it's a group of friends or a business, they can help you stretch, they can help you get back into your body, create better awareness, and make you more productive. It's just that simple. Check them out online at buenterprises.com, B-E-Y-O-U, buenterprises.com, or click on their banner at the top of the page at thebobdavispodcasts.com. All right, well, it's back to house sitting. I got to water the plants. You know, the plants are here. She said, be sure you water the plants. <laughs> we don't want, the, it's so dry, we don't want the plants to die. So I have to go around and water the plants here in this beautiful, uh, this beautiful house and you know, I'm enjoying it because I don't have to stay here and enjoy it forever. I can simply get in my truck and go when it's time. Thanks for listening to podcast 1060, 1060, the Bob Davis podcasts. Abundance in Colorado. Thank you.